SEO is AEO, welcome to the show, Greg Gifford. I feel like I need to sing back to you. You can. Nah, I'm not going to do it. <laughs> We're sitting in SMS uh, Sydney, yep. Greg's having a cup of tea. Is that very, cup of tea? Very American of me to very American. have a cup of tea in the afternoon. <laughs> I thought it was terribly British. It's absolutely <laughs> lovely to meet you. I asked you to be on the webinar last year and you didn't make it because you were driving to work, if I remember rightly. Yeah, we couldn't make the timing yeah. work out because it was too early for me. Yeah, I, I loved it. I'm driving yeah. to work, so I can't do the webinar. Okay, but we got you on the podcast, which is perfectly wonderful. Yep. Super duper. And this um, is the first time I've done a podcast face-to-face with someone, too. Aha. It's always been like a Skype call or whatnot. So. Well, I tried doing one over Skype, not for me, for, for, for somebody else, uh, and I didn't get the feeling. I, I, I felt ill at ease um, when I'm actually facing people. Uh, it's it's I, a much cooler vibe like this. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Well, that's what I'm hoping to get from the podcast. And I think, like everybody else, I've admired your beard for a long time, and I'm getting to see it in real life. And the tattoos. And the tattoos. I didn't know about the tattoos. And they're all from films, yeah? Yeah, so everything on my arm, and it wasn't really on purpose, but everything on my arm is pre-1988. Oh, right. So 1988 is the latest thing. And then my whole right leg is all stuff from the Goonies, which was 85. So okay, I've the whole nothing, left side is... is I just haven't gotten there yet. Um, so I have about 24 hours of work, 24, 25 hours of work left to finish my leg, and then we'll start on my left arm and you'll have finished by the time you, you yeah i mean i got another clogs, i was going to say yeah well, i got another probably dying. 10 to 12 years before i finish doing everything oh no and then you retire sorry i was i was yeah. overestimating the time anyway we're talking about local seo and right. not tattoos um what are or what were the biggest changes so in 2018 that was your first kind of super point so did the, it change a lot so yeah a lot of stuff has changed uh in the last two years and really the biggest shift has been in, I guess, the signal strength of Google My Business. And part of that is because that's where the, if you're gonna kind of quantify where various pieces live, that's where the proximity factor is. And the proximity mm. factor has really been dialed up the last few years with Google. So yeah. it matters a lot more where you're actually located as far mm. as what you're able to show up in for searches. And then also for a user, the proximity of search result to your location of where you are when you're physically doing the search has become so incredibly important. Well, and then also the new additions to Google My Business have made a lot of, of I guess, more weight get drawn over to that Google My Business factor yeah. or that side. So really Google My Business is one of the most important pieces of the puzzle now. Okay, brilliant stuff. Sorry, I was coming back to the proximity thing. I was looking for a coffee shop the other day and I just looked and I was like, I'm not walking half a mile. Right. How lazy am I getting? Well, that's what's crazy too is because the, the proximity factor is different for different verticals. Ooh, so, brilliant. you know, if you're looking for a coffee shop, you'd be willing to walk a block or two for yeah. a coffee shop, but you're not going to walk five or six blocks away. Yeah. But if you're looking for, um, you know, a vet or something else that you know you can do these searches either on your on your phone or on desktop and you'll see the map pack that has you know the little map pins for those three results and you know something like coffee shop is going to be much more constrained and it's just going to be a few block radius but you know if you're looking for a vet or a car dealer or something yeah. like that where you're willing to go a little bit further to get to that location then that that radius of that map pack is going to be much wider i have a question there then 
is the radius smaller because there are more of them, they're more concentrated, or is there a concept of I am not willing to walk for a coffee because the coffee isn't going to make very much difference, but I'm willing to walk for a veterinarian surgeon because I care about the quality of the service. It's, it's a little bit more on the side of, of volume of search options, because ah, okay. typic, but, but they kind of go hand in hand. It's kind of the same question of, is it always that the top-ranking sites have more links, or is it that the top-ranking sites are the ones that happen to have more links. They're not the top-ranking sites because of the links. Same sort of thing. You know, you're looking for a coffee shop. There's a coffee shop on every corner. Mm -hmm. So there's much more volume for Google to show us a search yeah. result. But also, because there's so many more options, you're probably not willing to go as far. Whereas if you're looking yeah. for a car dealership or a, a veterinarian, there's not as many options, so it has to show a wider net. But you know, if I'm looking for, for example, a Ford dealership in a market like Dallas, Texas, there's 20 or 30 Ford dealerships really? in that metro area. You like cars then, not yeah. you personally. But you do like cars. Yes, <laughs> but especially like Texas is like the headquarters of Ford. They sell more pickups in Texas than anywhere else. But if you're looking at a, a dense metro, you may have you know, 10, 15, 20 dealerships of one oh, brand okay. in a metro area. But if you go somewhere like Wyoming or Idaho, it may be you know, a three or 400 mile radius on that circle because there's only three or four dealerships in that 600 yeah. mile radius. So it, it, a lot of it more has to do with how many options there are to show as how wide yeah. that radius is going to be. So, so we've got this idea of proximity, and then Google My Business, you're saying, has become phenomenally important. I mean, the, the number of things we can do, we can post, we can add our products, we can add our services, the prices. How much is that changing it for you? Oh, it's, it's incredibly important now. And one of the things that I've been talking about for probably the last six months is trying to get across the concept that for years, as everyone kind of started to turn digital and get your website and then, you know, it was always you would hear that your website is your first impression with customers. Yeah. Your website is your new digital showroom or whatever yeah. way people are going to make that statement. Your website was, this is what people will see. This is how you make your first impression. And that's not the case anymore because your new homepage is your Google My Business profile. Because you used to get so much traffic from people that would come to your website to get your phone number to call you, or come to your website to get your address to find directions, or come to your website to read testimonials, or to see pictures, or to see top line information about what you do, or if you're a restaurant, to see what's on your menu, that they can get all of that in your Google My Business um, profile now, so there's no reason. It's the whole zero-click search thing yeah. that's really big at conferences right now. Yeah. Local is the perfect example because I don't need to click through to your website to get your phone number. I don't need to click through to see where you're located. I don't need to click through to read your reviews. All of that is right there in Google yeah. My Business. I find myself going less and less to websites, in local stuff at least, and I think like everybody, I use local search an awful lot. Yeah. Uh, I feel completely lost if I can't just search on Google. I was in the street the other day, I didn't have Wi-Fi. I was going, how am I going to find a coffee? Right, right. How am I going to know if it's any good? Right. And so I'm, I'm relying on Google's information and the reviews, and I trust Google reviews. And those I are the reviews that are most important, because you always got reviews on Google and reviews on Facebook and reviews on all of your different vertical review sites, depending on what particular business you're talking to. But it doesn't matter as much where any of those reviews are because what are the first reviews people are going to see? They're going to see the reviews that pull up yeah. when you're Googling that business name. So those are the most important ones to really pay attention to. Uh, so I've got another question, which is slightly unrelated. I mean, you mentioned Facebook reviews. Uh, I never look at Facebook reviews. I look at Google reviews. But at one point, everyone was putting their Facebook page on all their posters and, and communicating on Facebook, giving all their traffic to Facebook. That always struck me as completely silly. You know what's even sillier oh. <laughs> is people that, at least if they would put the URL of their Facebook page, but people that just put, find us on Facebook. 
Uh, what, what's the point of that? I don't, I've never understood that. Do you think there is a point, though, of saying to find a search company name on Google to oh, boost? Oh, heck yes. Oh, yeah. yeah heck yes. Yeah, yeah. Because then you're manipulating what Google sees the public search volume to be. So that's really interesting because I'm trying to think of it was, it was some travel company, and I forget, I don't watch enough TV anymore, but there was a whole ad campaign about a year ago from some, like, mm -hmm. Trivago or TripAdvisor or something like that, that instead of saying at the end of their commercials, go to www.whatever, yeah. they would say, go Google this business name knowing that they're going to show up number one but yep. what it actually is doing in the back end is google sees all of the search volume for this yeah. business it's you know it's important yeah no I mean, i'm seeing that more and more i noticed it a couple of times i was in the uk and it was search blah 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 to find us i think it was the navy or something no what can't be i can't army and navy stores I was right like and and you're going yeah brilliant so i mean we've got that thing of of the brand becomes incredibly important and the brand cert becomes incredibly important including in local search i would imagine what pops up when you search company name town right what comes up there is a reflection of what google thinks the world thinks about you because it's you know everybody always talks about how google has switched from strings to things yeah. from from i said that keyword on. you did from keyword matching to now entity-based search, yeah. and local SEO has always been about the entity, because local SEO has all the additional entity signals that aren't included in the normal algorithm. You know, you've got all the citational sites, and all of the reviews, and all the things out there that say this is actually an entity that is located mm. in this specific city. So entity-based search is great for, you know, now that it's rolling out to everybody, it's great for local SEO because it's kind of legitimizing all the yeah. things that we've been saying for years. And that's another that's another thing that's important about Google My Business because with standard Google organic search, the only way you can feed Google information about your entity is with your website and with schema markup and with the content on your site and the things that you do. But with local search, you've got that Google My Business dashboard where it's a direct interface with Google's yeah. knowledge graph to say, this is specifically information about my particular entity in this particular location. Which is injecting information directly into Google, which is what the API that Cindy Crumb was talking about is. Exactly. We're going back to this idea of Google saying, okay, instead of bothering to crawl your site, why don't you just give me the information and I can go and check it. Sorry, a little question, a little bit off, off track. I mean, uh, I, I have clients, corporate clients, who aren't local businesses, but have a Google My Business. Would you consider that to be a really good way of injecting information into Google? No, because technically you can't have a Google My Business listing unless you are a true local business where people do business at your location. But I, I sorry, I have a client, for example, I can't call MailJack, and they aren't a local business. They're a, they're like MailChimp. They had a Google My Google My Business because Google created it automatically from Belgacom. They get the Belgacom listing and create them automatically, and we we deleted it, and it just came back. Is so, that the same in America? Sorry, my question wasn't very I mean, clear it, it at all. It could be. It could be, yeah. But there's... And it's, it's, it's probably easier for something like that to happen outside of the U.S. because in the U.S. there's so much spammy bullshit going on. Uh, and I can say bullshit, right? Yep. Okay. <laughs> there's... there's yeah, there's so many nefarious evil things that you can do with spam that yeah. it's very hard to get a listing that's not a legitimate listing. But technically, to have a GMB listing, you have to have a brick and mortar that customers okay. visit you to conduct business. Or if you're like a plumber or an electrician, 
you have a business in a particular geographic area where you're a service area business. Yeah. But if you're just an online entity and you're lucky enough to be able to get a GMB listing, it doesn't really work the same way. So, from an American perspective, you're lucky if you get that because you can inform Google of something. Because what I get the feeling is they're shoving it down our throats because you're saying, I don't want this local listing because I'm not a local business. Well, I mean, speaking of shoving stuff down your throat, uh, <laughs> they have what's called a department listing for big box stores like Walmart, mm -hmm. where you may have a photo department or an electronics department mm -hmm. or a men's clothing department or a women's clothing department. So, you have the you know, using your block thing like you were talking about, <laughs> you have the block of Walmart with sub blocks inside of it for yeah. each department. So you can now have department listings in Google My Business where it might say, you know, Walmart photo department. And when you see that listing, it says located inside of Walmart. So it's these sub departments. They decided to roll that out to several other verticals. So at the beginning of 2018, they rolled it out to automotive dealers in the US. Oh, right, okay. So now. Good, lucky for you. <sighs> Could oh, be. I, I thought you'd, so now, now let's say you're a Ford dealership and you've got your claimed location that's, you know, Jim Bob Ford. Now you could mysteriously have a Ford parts and Ford service listing that is completely unoptimized with no information there other than it says Ford parts or Ford service. And, and then when you click on it, it says located inside of Jim Bob Ford. Okay. Now it's important. And we always suggest that dealers have a separate listing for service because you have the two business centers. Mm -hmm. You've got one for selling cars, one for servicing cars. Yeah. And it makes sense to have the two separate listings because you know, each one is more likely to show up in searches related to that particular business yeah. center. You can separate your reviews, all that sort of thing. But when they just added it automatically to all these dealerships and nobody knew it was there, and you know, same thing like we said a minute ago, in a market like Dallas, you may have 15 or 20 Ford dealerships in the metro area that now, if all 15 or 20 of those had Ford service added to them, they all say Ford service. So and there's no nothing unique. Yeah. So you have to know to go in and claim them and do all this. But it's crazy all the things that Google will just make these arbitrary changes that have massive effects on these mm. small businesses. And most small businesses out there don't have SEO people no. to work with or working, you know, either as an agency relationship yeah. or in-house to inform them of these changes. So a lot of these things that Google does on the local side of things have massive effects on these small businesses that, you know, yeah. there might be, you know, just the owner and his wife working there and that's their entire lifeblood yeah. and they have no idea what's going on. Because I mean, having a, a photography department within a department store and searching, searching for photography, whatever you would say, a buy a camera, and it can give you the department store as opposed to the, just the local camera shops, the small ones. It, it's logical, but as you say, shoving it down your throat creates an awful lot of problems. Yeah. Uh, and I get the feeling that um, in, in Europe that we're still quite a long way behind and they're still kind of creating all this And stuff. I, I would see it popping out over there in Europe. But, but again, as frustrating as it is for the business owners and sometimes for the marketers, if you look at where Google is going with search, it makes sense because that is an entity within the greater entity of the business. And with local search, they want that information about the entity being fed in. Yeah. And it makes sense to have those separate little sub bits all connected to the main entity. So if, yeah. you, if you think enough about this is where Google is going, then it makes perfect sense that they would do it. It's just there's so many changes and so many radical different strategies to do 
within local that if you don't have someone helping you with it, you're kind of hopelessly lost. Yeah, sure. I mean, and, and the idea that Google's going to be asking for more and more information, once it gets that chunk of information, it's going to find another chunk of information. Well, and like a change they just made last week, uh, there's a, a new section in the Google My Business profile, the knowledge panel that shows up there, called questions and answers. Yeah, okay. Where it's a feature where really it's a community-based feature where it's ask the community a question. Mm -hmm. But realistically, it's you're asking a question of that business because it's in that business's profile. Yeah. You searched for that business for that to be able to pop up, and you're asking a question. You assume you're asking that business, but really anyone in the community can answer those questions. Which is dangerous. It's very dangerous and very scary. Yeah. Uh, and you see some crazy stuff out there. Really? But they just made a change maybe two weeks ago that now on mobile devices, if you go to that widget and you start typing in a question, if that question has been answered before, or if something related to that question exists in a current answer, it will start auto-suggesting answers based on what's already there. Oh, wow, okay. So now you don't necessarily even have to ask your question because you start to ask the question and it will pop up and give you the answer because someone else has asked that question in the past. Yeah. Now for some businesses it won't matter because you're gonna have four or five questions asked. But you know, something like the, the London Eye, yeah. for example, has 496 questions have been asked. Can so, I see the queen from yeah. here? So chances are, whatever question you're asking has probably been asked before, and now it's going to feed that up. But then what's the next logical step? Some of us have been saying for a while that we assume that, especially because the business can put its own questions in. So as if, if you log into the account that you're managing Google My Business with and ask your own questions, even though it doesn't show who asked the question, Google can see that you loaded in your own question okay. and then answered your own question. So a lot of us have had the suspicion that that could soon start to feed voice search results. Because okay. if I'm asking a question about the business, and that's a question that has been posed in the question and answer session, it's very easy for Google to just read off the answer, yeah, especially sure. if you put it in there. Because Brilliant. again, you're feeding information about your entities directly to Google. So now so that I Google- So I asked what they're doing next, but actually you're telling me what they're doing well, now for next. Well, right, and so now that they've made that update where they're gonna start auto-suggesting answers, it's even less of a logical leap to assume that they're prepping this for voice search results. I mean, it makes perfect sense yeah. because now, you know, everyone knows that voice search is more of a, a question-based query mm. than a, I'm typing a few yeah. keywords. So now they're testing this stuff out to see what yeah. the, and, and as you're doing this, you can say, how was this answer for the auto suggest? Yeah. So you're training, you're literally training Google's algorithm to provide yeah. better results. Which is, yeah, again, I mean, I talked about that earlier on and what Bill Swarovski was saying to me is that we have been training, we're paid to train, Cindy Crum as well. We as a marketers, uh, uh, pushing our clients to train Google's algorithms, and we're doing it again with this. And I hadn't thought about that, that thing with the questions and answers. I mean, I saw it appear, and I thought, oh, well, uh, yeah, well, whatever. But it's, in fact, incredibly important. Yeah. Ooh, I like it when, when something suddenly takes enormous Yeah, so we, you know, most of the businesses that we see, they don't really pay attention to it. They may know it's there, they may not. Mm -hmm. Sometimes they'll come in and answer questions, but we're posing it almost like reputation management of you need to answer every yeah. question that comes in. And then each question can have multiple answers. So not only do you have to answer the question, you've got to watch because it's an upvote system. So you have to make sure that your answer as the business owner Ooh, has dear. the most upvotes so that your answer shows as the primary answer. Okay, yeah, But yeah, then yeah. also, like I said a second ago, you can put your own questions in. So we've been telling everyone, you know, again, with the whole concept of this is your new homepage, people aren't gonna go to your website to read your FAQ page anymore. 
They're just going to read So take those questions and load them into your Google profile, and now you're creating a pre-site FAQ page. Brilliant. Where, again, this is the, you know, first look, first impression. If mm. people are looking at you and your competitors and you've got all these really helpful questions and answers right there and your competitors don't, probably more likely you're going to get that phone call. Yeah, and, and the Q&A with the, the upvoting system is the same thing as whatever that site's called. Uh, that it's all based on the schema market for markup. Sorry, for Q and A is based on the one we all search for when we search PHP. I can't remember. Oh, it doesn't matter. I'll, I'll cut that bit out. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, no. Sorry, the the the, the Q and A for schema markup is exactly that. The system of having a question with multiple answers with an upvote system, right. and people misuse it in schema markup, thinking it's just an FAQ page or a question and answer that they should answer themselves. Actually, you have to have user input or... Right. Yeah? Yeah. Oh, jolly good. So we can put local business Q&As with Q&As in schema markup. What about Google Posts? Google Posts are awesome. Now, they they came out uh, a little over a year ago, and they used to show up at the top of the knowledge panel, right under the top line information of, you know, address, phone number, reviews, and it was the Google Post. Then they've moved them down to the bottom, so a lot of people quit using them. But I I think they're still really powerful because, again this is your first impression with customers and we know that people are going to be looking at multiple mm. businesses before they buy so if you can do anything to help you stand out from your competitors why not do it and we've done a lot of testing with our auto dealer clients and I mean we're getting you know in some cases hundreds of clicks a month on, on the post. posts yeah so, so the google post the google post shows up as a thumbnail image yeah. with you know a short little text description and when the user clicks on the post it will enlarge it you know grays out the search results mm. puts up a modal window where it's the the big picture and then whatever description and then you can have a call to action button that leads to the website okay so we're getting you know a couple of hundred click throughs to the website which means you're probably getting more click throughs on the post that yeah. aren't even clicking Brilliant. the call to action button but you know we're getting stuff where we're getting 50 60 clicks a week on the Google post if okay. you do them the right way the problem is most people out there are approaching it like Facebook and they're just yeah. sharing social fluff and that's not what's going to work you well, have what, to what put should you be right promotional Sorry. offers are, are definitely what you need to do it's okay. again this is Remember, first impression, it's the first thing potential customers are going to see about you. Social fluff doesn't matter. Mm-hmm. You need to put something that is going to make you stand out, and that's a, hey, we've got a special on this thing, or here's our price deal right now, or whatever mm-hmm. it is. And they can be really successful, and, and a lot of people quit using them once they drop to the bottom of the knowledge yeah, panel, okay. but they still show up really high on mobile. And on mobile, in the Maps app, you can actually click that you want to follow a business now. So if you follow a business in the Maps app, every time you come back to the Maps app, it's going to surface those Google posts in a stream for you to read. Yeah. So, you know, why would you not do Google posts? And one of the things that I always say when I'm talking about posts is, let's say you could get, call it one conversion a month. Mm. If it takes maybe five minutes to do a post and Mm. you do one post a week, you're spending 20 minutes a month to have a post yeah. up because the posts last for a week. They last for seven days before okay, they disappear. Right, so you do you need to do one a week, really. Mm. You do one a week, you're spending 20 minutes a month to mm. get a conversion that you don't have to spend any yeah. advertising with. Why would you not do that? Yeah. And if you do them well, you can get way more than one conversion a month. So yeah. why not do it? it, it sure. It, well, it's yeah. a no-brainer. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, it, and just don't do it like social. I have another question to move on to something else. It's for you, which I found in Google App. The Google uh, the map, map app. app. Yep. The Google map app. I, had, I didn't figure out how to say it. And I actually discovered it because I met a musician on the bus and he was saying, how do I promote my music? And I looked at that and said, well, actually, if you've got somebody 
uh, who's got a search history of having followed you or somebody you're remarking to on, on YouTube, that might be an option because if you click on it, I get coffee shops and restaurants because that's what I've been doing. But when I was in London, I went to a gig and it gave me a gig. Right. Um, so I, I'm thinking that it's, it's like Discover when you swipe. It's gonna, right. without knowing a lot about it, just from looking at it, it, it really looks like it's, you know, like, for example, mine is based off of uh, the two cities that it's giving me mm -hmm. tips around are where I live and where I work. Mm -hmm. So Google knows from my location history, you live here, you work here, you're driving in between the two cities. Yeah. Here's important stuff going on in those two cities. And, and then it, it starts suggesting things to me based on what I've done. So yeah. I eat at a lot of hamburger restaurants because I'm a hamburger aficionado. And yeah. that's, that's not just where I live, but everywhere I go, I'm going to have a hamburger because I just I always like to eat burgers. So we're getting so to it's the point start where it's personalizing, going to hamburgers at you. Yeah, it's personalizing, you know, what you're doing based on your past history. Yeah. So Which it's, it's like, just another, it's a personalization engine. And it's like I always say in presentations, if you really boil it down to the simplest concept, Google is just pattern detection. That's what the yeah. algorithm is. It's looking at patterns on the website and doing that. Now this is personalized pattern detection. Yeah. Um, but we're moving towards a push world. Oh yeah. Google Discover uh, is pushing uh, the content. When I swipe right, I get all this push content. That's pushing content too. We're, we're moving to that zero click search world where this is not just zero click search, it's zero search search. <laughs> oh, right? I'm gonna quote you on that, it's brilliant. Because it's really what it is. It's, Beyond it's zero click trying search. to, Google's tr moving in the, in the direction where it's trying to anticipate what you're going to search, yeah. so you don't even have to make the search anymore. Brilliant. SEO is AEO, thank you, Greg. You're welcome. <laughs> brilliant.